Welcome back to Unstable and Unbridled. This is Rachel. And this is Liz. And we are here to bring you another exciting and informational episode. Woohoo! Information. The next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just funny still. <laughs> this is why we made a podcast. Yeah. For this kind of banter, you're welcome. So Rachel's probably going to talk more in this one because there's a lot of big words that I can't pronounce. <laughs> I mean, I did write it also, which yeah. helps, but, um, so there's lots of different things that you can inject into your horse, which is what we're going to be talking about. Yes. So the first of them is, I would say probably one of the older things, PRP, platelet rich plasma, plasma, plasma. <laughs> so basically what you do is you take a sample of blood from the horse, you spin it on down into in some machine into platelets and growth factors at the bedside, which is kind of cool. And then you which inject bedside it. bedside with the horses is not a literal bed. Yeah. Well, no, that's depends humans. on the horse, but... I mean, I hope not. <laughs> and then you inject it into the site. So Cross-tie side. <laughs> yeah, cross-side. So the site is typically a joint or near a soft tissue injury. The platelets then release multiple different types of growth factors that get other cells jazzed up and promote healing in the area. And lots of, <laughs> well, not lots, several studies have confirmed that soft tissue injuries that were treated with PRP have increased strength and elasticity compared to controlled groups and less incidence of re-injury. I think it would just be terrible to be a control group. It would. Like, I well, mean, it would be no gonna... worse than just living at your baseline. I mean, unless they have an injury. Well, yeah, but... But, like, even in, like, human studies and you're, like, don't know if you're getting the placebo pill and right. you're dying of cancer. Like, that just sounds terrible. Yeah. But that's the risk. If you want the chance of the good stuff, you gotta yeah, do it. to save other lives in the future. Yeah. And PRP is, is pretty well established. We use that quite a bit in human medicine as well. So it's mm. well established. Liz, are there any risks? There are some risks. There is a risk of getting an infection at the joint site. Oh, no. Uh, benefits, it's autologous, meaning it comes from your own body. You're the horse's own body. So it's less likely to cause an allergic reaction. And it's nice that you can do this both inside of a joint or outside of a joint. Because, as we all know, lots of soft tissue injuries have nothing to do with joints. So... Right, and then the cost varies, but it's usually several hundred dollars per joint. It ain't cheap. Is anything? No. <laughs> not with horses, it's not. Doc, it's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing. MFR. <laughs> In these inflation days, talk is the only thing that's cheap. <laughs> yeah. And then we have IRAP. Interleukin-1 receptor antagonist proteins. Sounds like a... Like a villain. villain. Yeah, yeah like a villain <laughs> in a movie. Um, IRAP itself is an, an endogenous protein produced by immune cells in the body, which blocks receptors for the interleukin-1, <laughs> which, <laughs> <You sound like Siri. laughs> yeah. which mediates inflammation and degradation of joints. So white blood cells in your body are stimulated to produce IRAP, which is then incubated for 24-ish hours, and then that serum is concentrated and injected back into the joint that's affected. Yeah, and it's usually injected every 7 to 10 days. 
once every seven to ten days for like three treatments total. And then there was one study of 16 horses. One, six, one, six, one, and six. <laughs> which showed clinical improvement in lameness in the horses who received the IRAP. And so for around your three treatments, it's $1,000 to $1,500. It's not cheap. No. And as with any foreign type of thing, it, the biggest risk is infection where you inject it. So. Yeah. I don't know a lot of people who have done IRAP, actually. Have you? Do you know anyone? Um, maybe one or two people that tried it when yeah. it came out, kind of. Yeah. I feel like. Because it was like PRP. Right. Well, we're kind of going in order of these, I feel like. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was like, I feel like IRAP didn't last that long. No, I feel like it had a hot moment and then it was gone. Was gone. Yeah. Yeah. And we moved on to ProStride. ProStride. Which is kind of a fun name. It is. I think that's a great name. It's a great name for a horse. Good marketing. A horse med. Yeah. Really good marketing. Who named that? (laughs) To call us. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so pro stride you take a horse's venous blood spin it down at cross tie side using a special <laughs> machine into a concentrated solution of cells platelets growth factors and anti-inflammatory proteins including the interleukin one which is used in irap which is then injected back into the joint And it slows cartilage degradation and reduces the inflammation associated with arthritis that causes pain. And one nice thing about ProStride versus a lot of the other injectable treatments is research has shown it's effective for up to a year. So even our old friend steroids typically don't have effects for that long. So that's nice. One study published in the American Journal of Veterinary Research evaluated 40 horses 20 of whom were injected with ProStride and 20 of whom were injected with normal saline. That was the placebo. The ProStride group had significant improvements in the grade of their lameness, the asymmetry of their vertical peak force, and range of motion in their joints. And another study showed it is effective in dogs as well. Yay! We love that for them. We do. We love our dogs. Guess what the risks are? An infection at the injection! The benefits, again, like PRP, it's autologous, so it comes from the own horse's body, so less risk of an allergic reaction, and it can be safer for horses with uh, metabolic syndromes like Cushing's disease or insulin deficiency um, or other horses at risk of developing laminitis than steroids, which is nice. That is. Yeah. And it also can be done cross-tie side. Unlike IRAP. Yes. And the cost is about $750 to $1,000. Yes. I have used ProStride personally, and I was really happy with the results. He had an injury in his right front and got ProStride in his coffin joint, and he's never needed injections there again. Nice. So I was happy with it. That's longer than a year. Yeah. <laughs> Three years now. Yeah. Knock so. on wood. Yeah, and it's a handy... You know, it's a little more expensive than steroids, but not crazy. So it's not, you know, you don't have to spend six months budgeting for it. Right. And then we have the Alpha 2 EQ. So Alpha 2 EQ is Alpha 2 macroglobulin A2M, which is an enzyme that's found in the horse's blood that naturally inhibits cartilage breakdown. And 
If you have a damaged or inflamed joint, that they typically are low in this A2M enzyme. So you can actually inject the A2M directly into the joint to help protect against any further joint deterioration. And a special machine spins down the blood to concentrate the, a- the alpha-2 macroglobulin molecule. So it spins it down. And this is one of the newer products, and it was recently launched in 2019, and it can also provide relief for up to a year. And I've actually used it on a horse, so like it's helpful if a horse has an injury. And one study, which it is worth noting, the study was conducted by the manufacturer, so it's probably <laughs> biased, but it was conducted on 50 horses. It showed... Positive improvement if the patient improved more. So their criteria was that the horse showed positive improvement if they improved by more than a full grade of lameness on the five-point lameness scale following injection. And their patients were evaluated 24 hours after injection, one week after, and then two weeks after. And 34 of the 40 or 50 horses had positive improvement. Five horses had positive improvement after a second injection. One horse got worse, and ten horses were, quote-unquote, pending. (laughs) (laughs) That poor one that got worse. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I have used it on a horse, like I said, and I would say, like, immediately following the injections, they can be quite sore. Oh, interesting. Like, couldn't walk back to the stall sore for, like, two hours. Sad. And then they are fine. And I think it's just a lot of pressure. Yeah. Like it builds up a lot of pressure in there and it's like, I don't like this. Is it a large volume? I don't think so. Interesting. I think it just depends. And they use ultra, like it's all guided with an ultrasound, at least where we used it. It was, Yeah. I don't know if it always is. Hmm. Um, but you know, there's always risks. Always. Can you guess? Infection? Infection? (laughs) Jinx. (laughs) Uh, again, though, like the ProStride and PRP, it's autologous. It comes from their body, reduces the risk of infections. And I didn't know this um, until I researched it, but each kit that they do to spin it down can produce enough to treat three to four sets of joints, and you can freeze the product. So, but once use... each. Right. So, like, when we did the horse, we treated her five times. Right. And just froze the remainder... Like the so he took it, made it, and then I froze everything, and we treated the same place five times. Right. But yeah, I guess you could technically use it, Put it once in each joint. Yeah, so that's kind of nice. At least you don't feel like your stuff is going to waste once you've spun it down. Yeah, and it's that's this is one of the pricier options with it being new and all. That's not really a surprise, but twelve yeah. to fifteen hundred dollars. It ain't treatment. cheap, like everything else. Right. <laughs> Um, And then next up, we have stem cell therapy. So it's typically mesenchymal stem cells that are injected into a tendon injury. Then that releases chemical mediators that recruit resident stem cells, so native ones, to the injured area. And then the native stem cells in the area differentiate into tinocytes, which form new tendon, basically. That's pretty wild that it can do that. I know. It's also wild to me that somebody figured this out. Right. Like, oh, let's just try this thing. Right. <laughs> like, like, if we inject these into the somewhere injured, maybe it'll get better. Yeah. And it, it will. It's crazy. <laughs> Injected stem cells also release anti-inflammatory compounds and mediators that promote the formation of new blood vessels and growth factors that help the new tendon tissue grow. 
So basically, all of these things go into their area. They mess stuff up. All the other cells are like, whoa, we got to heal this. Yeah. And then they go crazy. <laughs> and then they have a tendon making party. <laughs> yeah. It sounds kind of sexy. Yeah. Tendon making. Some tendons. <laughs> want to make a tendon. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you can do stem cells autologous, meaning from their own body. That apparently takes several weeks or allogenic, which is creating them. So the body then can react to those non-self stem cells, which can be tricky. And the autologous samples are usually collected, it says, from bone marrow, which I'm... I mean, I would assume that's very painful because right. I know bone marrow aspirations and people are very painful. Ugh, I don't know. Doesn't so, sound fun. This yeah. one's not cheap either. No. $2,500 to $4,000. Is that a lot? <laughs> Packet change. <laughs> Ask Great American. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be done with us soon. <laughs> and then we circle down this all leads us to one place our oldest friend intraarticular steroids the roids joint steroids and it is the oldest and therefore the most well studied although the research is very controversial and a lot of the thinking is based on anecdotal evidence or very old studies yes the most commonly used types of steroids are triamcinolone acetonide, TA, <laughs> methylprednisolone acetate, MPA, and rarely betamethasone acetate, BA. So betamethasone has no deleterious side effects. It does not affect the tissue surrounding or make things worse. Triamcinolone, which I think is pretty much the most common, is chondroprotective, so it actually protects the cartilage and can promote long-term cartilage health. That's good. And it has a long duration of action. And methylprednisolone, or MPA, has been shown to actually have deleterious or bad effects on the surrounding tissue and cartilage. So that breaks it down faster? Yes. No, no bueno. Right. And they will sometimes inject steroids with hyaluronic acid, and they originally thought that would sort of off-balance the deleterious effects, but research does not actually support that. So I don't think they really do that anymore. I guess they don't know for sure. That's hmm. way in. Well, it has a complex mechanism of action, too. <laughs> it <laughs> reduces capillary dilation, margination, migration, and accumulation of inflammatory cells. So in a way, these kind of work the opposite as... A lot of the other injectables, they want to make the inflammation in the area go down. Whereas a lot of the other things are almost pro-inflammatory because it encourages cells Healing. to come to the area and try to heal it. Hmm. So they will inhibit synthesis and release of mediators like prostaglandins and interleukin-1 and tumor necrosis factor, which all of our cells have and typically come to the rescue to try and fix things in our body. And they inhibit COX-2 expression, which is similar to our friend Equiox that we talked about in our last Equi episode. Cox. <laughs> <laughs> the benefits are decreased inflammation, which subsequently leads to decreased pain, and it decreases the inflammatory cycle. A pretty rare complication, but horses with metabolic disorders like <laughs> Cushing's or what have you, they can have steroid-induced laminitis. Or founder, which is not good. Not ideal. 
And this is just a fun fact I think is interesting as a science nerd. Administering antibiotics along with steroids did not show any reduction in the rate of septic arthritis. Huh. So it basically comes down to good septic technique. So your vet should clean the bejesus out of the joint before they inject it and use a sterile needle. Well, and I think this is kind of where, like, people will say, well, I'm not going to inject my horse's joints unless I absolutely need to. And that's based off of this. Yes. Because you don't want to inject steroids into a normal joint. Right. Where some of these other forms you can because they're preventative. Right. And I think one of the rumors that I had heard going around as a young person was that steroids could actually cause damage to the bone and make their degeneration worse. Right, like get rid of the cartilage even more. Yeah, and you would eventually have to, like, increase how much you were putting in and... Eventually can't get in. Yeah. And they're actually... The research does not support that. There's no evidence that steroids cause harm to bone or promote catastrophic injury... And the damage to the areas really is related to the amount of steroids injected and how frequently they're injected, which comes back to your point of, obviously, if you have normal joints with no evidence of pain or arthritis, you shouldn't just put steroids into them. Right. But I don't know anyone who really does that, at least. I don't mean I don't think a vet would anyway. Yeah. But I would say typical joint injections are around 300 to 700, depending on the joints. So, like, sometimes with the hocks, they'll do both joints. Mm-hmm. Um, I always knew, like, when as Hannah especially needed her hocks done, she would swap out behind. Mm-hmm. Get her hocks done, and she wouldn't do it for a year. You know, it's pretty, you know, there I feel like you noticed, a, or at least I noticed a big difference after it was done. Absolutely. And I think it's important to know that sometimes your horse can have inflammatory changes or inflammation in a joint and that doesn't necessarily mean they have pathologic arthritis you might just need to inject the joint decrease inflammation use that six to eight months to strengthen the joint and then they may not need injections again for a long time right my favorite preventative medicine for not having to inject your joints is keeping a well-conditioned horse yeah i agree then well, not thin. <laughs> Starving to death. <laughs> yeah, ribs showing. Yeah. <laughs> no, ideally not overweight. And a horse that you build a proper top line and, and keep them doing things. I mean, look at Hannah. She's 27 and she's still doing lessons and she's doing great. And I guarantee if I had stopped working her and, you know, retired her in a field, then I don't think she'd be here anymore. I agree. Motion is lotion, baby. Yeah. And doing a variety of different kinds of work. Yeah. Walking, hill work, dressage work. Cavaletti. Yeah. Gymnastics. Jumping. I mean, even the dressage horses can benefit from low jumps or bounces or cavaletti work. A lot of hacking. You know. Walking. It's good for them physically and mentally. Yeah. I love steroids. (laughs) (laughs) But if you don't want to use them a lot. Yeah. (laughs) You got to do all these other things. (laughs) Yep. And, you know, confirmation and everything plays a huge role in how horses use their joints. Definitely. I feel bad because I do remember at some point a vet suggested maybe Blaze could benefit from hawk injections and being so against it because I just didn't know any better. Well, right. And people would say, like you said, the rumor of, oh, they're just going to get worse. And Right. 
You didn't want to risk that. Yeah. And now I look back <laughs> Sorry. and I'm like, God, that poor horse was probably arthritic AF and just got no help whatsoever. Uh, well, but. you live and learn, yeah, unfortunately, exactly. sometimes at the expense of our horses. I know. But he's so cute. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah, that leads us into our saddle sores. It's a saddle What's yours this week? Mine is the salary for veterinarians. Oh, the it's, lack of, you mean? Yes. <laughs> the fact that they do as much school as medical doctors. They're yeah. responsible for multiple species, not just one. Yeah. They have way less to help them in general. Their patients can't talk. They're dealing with psychotic owners. <laughs> and these poor saps are paid a fraction of what a physician makes. That's just not right. And their schedules. There's no, like, regular regular schedule, really. Right. Yeah, most of them Maybe they work for a clinic or something, but a lot of people have their own practices, too. Yeah. Which, if that's the case, you're probably going to be on call most of the time. Well, right. Like, even today, I had to call up a vet at 7 a.m. and say, hey, sorry. Yeah. Happy Sunday morning. Right. Can you come to the barn? Please, we have a horse with a cut. Right. So they should be compensated so much more than they are compensated, in my opinion. And they have such a wealth of knowledge. They're, I don't know, in my experience, vets are very willing to help you and want to work with you and want to be your partner and help your horse be its best. And the idea that there there is out there that vets will try to push things on you just to make you pay money. Like, that has not been my experience at all. Right. My vets have always given me good, honest feedback and told me what they think will actually help. They've told me when they didn't think something was going to change the course of treatment, so we didn't need to do it, which I appreciate. I love vets. I do, too. They help our animals. (laughs) Yeah. What's your saddle sore? My saddle sore this week is about kind of the cross-country field. So, gophers and rodents digging holes in the, like, hayfield back there or in the banks or by the Mm. ditches. And then the algae and the weeds in the water jump. Like, there's actually a lot of maintenance that goes into trying to just maintain the course. And that, like, we just got the hay cut not that long ago and going out there. I'm like, how on earth is the grass growing so fast? Right, especially since we get no rain. I know. It hasn't rained here in forever, although it did rain yesterday a little bit, but... I mean, really, it's just a lot of upkeep, and anyone who has a cross-country course, if you have any tips on all of the things that you do to manage it, I am wide open to hearing suggestions. The lines are open. Yeah, the lines are open, so... I say you just fill the water jump with DDT, just straight pesticides. (laughs) But the dogs go in there, (laughs) I don't think you can even get DDT on the market anymore, Um, I did read up on some different, like, algae killer stuff to use and sent out a couple texts, so I will be working on that and getting a rake and weeding that out, and we are, like I said, open for schooling, and we have lots of fun jumps. We just picked up more, five five or so more jumps this week. Yeah. And all heights, all difficulties. Hoping to have a schooling show mid-July, so stay tuned on the Facebook for information on that and that pretty much sums it up that's a wrap we'll catch you guys next time it's an i wrap <laughs> <laughs>
an IRAP. Bottom. <laughs> Bye. Bye.